Make a move it, then she'll call him. Forest fires, Google's ballin'. Take a chance and roll the dice one day. If you're a DM player, find you. Millennials can join this quest too. Expedition, we're gonna find a way. It's Saturday, the 25th of January, and you are listening to Grizzly Peaks Radio. (laughs) I thought I would do that stupid intro because I have a new microphone and I'm rather chuffed with it. (laughs) Um, And I haven't actually recorded with it yet. Um, I've recorded a couple of actual plays, but this is the first time I'm recording an episode of the main podcast of Grizzly Peaks of Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. So let's see how this sounds. Um, And this is going to be another kind of grab bag of an episode. Um, I have a quite a few calls to play back and to respond to. And I wanted to also talk about some of the fallout (laughs) from my... um, Let's say my controversial episodes, my political episodes, because I got um, loads of very interesting and nice comments through um, the, um, you know, through Anchor voice messages, which I actually played last week. Um, There's a few more this week. But I got some rather interesting comments through, let's say, through other sources, through other medium, which um, perhaps weren't quite so complimentary. Hey, Andy, Daniel in New York, just responding to your Why People Hate 5e episode. I'm a little behind, sorry. Um, I think you're spot on. on. I think that people um, perceive a certain kind of person that's playing 5e, so they immediately don't like it. And I think that's kind of sad. And while I make fun of the the overpoweredness of it and this and that, and I don't play 5e as much as I used to, uh, I think that playing with all different types of people is really how we can expand and learn and, and do different things. And I think it's awesome, you know, like you said, you're playing with these like younger people that you don't get their, their memes. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, buddy. Um, but I think that was a great episode. I think it was uh, really well-spoken and... Uh, yeah, this is not true just for D&D either. I mean, if you look at something like Star Wars, right? People freak out about the new movies all the time. So I think it's common all the ways around, and I kind of wish it wasn't, but I guess it is. So that was Daniel from New York, one of um, one of the first people I played D&D with um, since returning to the hobby. And um, Daniel, like me, is uh, a grumpy old grognard and um, looking back actually it's quite funny because um, the two of us plus another friend of ours Marco we were the old the old guys in the group and everyone else was quite young and uh, I think we both uh, we all three of us actually um, we kind of had this kind of running nostalgia trip uh, combined with um, confusion about all these new cultural references that we de- we didn't understand, but yeah, thanks for that um, that response to the episode, and 
and yeah, there's there's a whole lot. You know, Daniel, you you really were for me. You sort of led the way in this <laughs> in this drift away from Five E. I've actually got a ton to thank you for, really, because you know you introduced me to Lamentations and to Warriors of the Red Planet. Um, and I'm sure there were one or two other ones um, that I can't remember, but you, you know, I hadn't actually heard of any of these. Um, I suppose these OSR type games until you put them on the table and ran them for me, and I enjoyed them, you know, hugely, absolutely, immensely, especially Lamentations, and especially some of the, you know. Uh, how can I put it? Some of the rather um, gruesome, more gruesome aspects of it. Um, it it really, you know, I think that game really um, brings home the actual horror of what it'd be like to be in a D and D adventure. Um, it's actually something that I don't. Th- it's weird. No one ever really thinks about it when you're playing it as a kid or even as an adult. But it would be fucking horrible to be a D&D adventurer think of all the things that you'd experience you'd be constantly um like having br- nervous breakdowns from PTSD um it would be pretty bloody awful but um talking about um PTSD um uh let's let's move on <laughs> hello Andy just wanted to say I'm very much enjoying your podcast I'm making my way through your back catalogue and it is uh, it's very interesting to hear your journey back to gaming it's uh, you got into it again about the uh, about the same time I first got into it and uh, yeah it's it's very interesting it's a, nice to hear another englishman in california who uh, is bemused by the local wildlife as i am constantly <laughs> but yeah i'm looking forward to uh, listening to the rest of it and i will uh, no doubt send you some more messages uh ere long it's interesting to hear what you say about fifth edition and uh the uh massive amount of hatred that there is for it for myself it's the first thing that i ever ran it was the first rpg that i ever came to grips with and now i i don't touch it in fact i sold all my fifth edition books the reason being is that it's a combination of the fact that the group that I was with, I um, had problems with them <laughs> and problems with the uh, the way, the entrenched way that they played Dungeons and Dragons, and didn't I wanted to make a clean break of it and go on to something more interesting, at least more interesting to me. It looks like I'm going to be on to a second message. But the other reason was, as you say, I found it a bit of a medium, you know, I hate to say vanilla, since vanilla is my (laughs) favourite, but um, rather dull uh, rules set. I do, I am interested in rules mechanics, and I like how, you know, I like clever systems. I like systems like Blades in the Dark, and I... Genesis and a few others like that. I like a system that says something on its own, and 5e does not, and by intention does not. But then 4th edition was trying to say something, and people hated that. And now 5th edition is not trying to say anything in particular, and people hate that. But um, I think, given the chance to play in a game, I probably would. 
but um, I, I doubt I would ever run it again, or at least not for high level. Good God, not, not for high level. But where I am in Southern California, it's pretty much 5e exclusively. I don't even see any tables playing Pathfinder anymore. Not that I can even find any players, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just it does seem to dominate the hobby. And I think the reason why I avoid it is because I hope that I will be able to get the kind of game going at some point that I would be just drawn to play over and over again. And for me, that's not D&D 5th Edition. It's uh, sad to say, because I probably would be doing a lot more gaming if I was uh, interested in it, but it, it doesn't draw me in. Not anymore, under, unfortunately. That was James Dunn from Those Fecking Books. And um, I, I actually um, have been listening to his podcast a bit. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, there's so many that I need to catch up on. Um, not just Anchor, where I'm subscribed to about 40 different podcasts, but uh, all my, well, what I would refer to as my mainstream podcasts, uh, some of the actual plays, my uh, the good friends of Jackson Elias, um, the Grognard Files, um, uh, just you know tons tons and tons um i i'm gonna have to just quit quit my day job and just uh, can you become a professional podcast listener i wonder there must be a way to do it there must be anyway uh james done those fucking books um please go and give him a listen um really great to get a message from him and 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 i i didn't know you were um living in southern california i wonder how how where exactly because um in la there um i, I guess it's not la because in la where i used to live and now in um oakland where i live there are so many gamers here um, I'm, I guess I'm just completely spoiled I, I was I suppose a bit in New York as well just because of high population but so many gamers and, and no not everyone is playing 5e there's a ton of other stuff going on there's quite a lot of Pathfinder going on uh, I found a Cthulhu group really quickly and, and maybe I kind of twisted their arms a bit maybe um, if they're, if they're um, you know what were being honest with me maybe they're being honest with me they wanted to actually play 5e but I'm, I'm I can be a little bit persuasive I suppose <laughs> and I outlined the reasons why I wanted to play Call of Cthulhu and what it was going to be like um but uh yeah you uh, you talk about the love for 5e and um and I um I I experienced I suppose the um the dark side of that love let's put it that way I'm a member of quite a number of um, 5e Facebook groups and um the main one which is the I I guess sort of the official one it has a couple of hundred thousand members it's pretty huge um always quite interesting but quite sort of vanilla in a way <laughs> maybe a bit like the game but um you there's some quite strict moderation that goes on there and it is a bit cultish let's put it that way so i thought rather foolishly it would be a good idea to um you know put a link to my episode there why do people hate 5e um with i think some a clear caveat that I don't hate 5e um, but I got a rather interesting response firstly 
The episode has now got um, probably double the number of listens to any of my other episodes. Um, it smashed through. Um, it, it just rapidly just outpaced everything else. And I guess that's what exposure does for you or maybe having a controversial title. Um, but the um, the response I got, mainly I think for people that hadn't listened to it, was rather aggressive. I was being threatened <laughs> and called an asshole <laughs> and um, um, being told to just ignore this person, <laughs> you know, from people that hadn't even listened to the podcast because actually I'm, I don't have bad, you know, negative feelings about 5e and, and in fact I, I think I was presenting something that really was um, something in very much in defence of the people um, coming into the hobby and loving 5e and bringing all this diversity and inclusiveness to it. But um, the hilarious thing is that art was imitating life or life was imitating art um, because that kind of what I call that gatekeeping um, or at least that kind of um, strong, politically motivated or emotionally motivated reaction to stuff without really taking time to think about it or process it, that happened to me, like, immediately. <laughs> so I guess I was asking for it. Anyway, I've, I'm on a cool... I think I'm on some kind of cool-down ban or something from the group because, obviously, what I posted was far too far too vitriolic and controversial for, 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 that, for that group. Um uh yeah so anyway just made made me laugh a bit and um let's move on to another topic now eh Andy first and foremost i want to say thank you for giving me one of the best compliments i've gotten about people's you know take on the show the fact that you don't care about pathfinder 2 and the fact that you're not even all that interested in listening to fantasy campaigns anymore, but you are enjoying the show, that's that just makes me so happy. That's the that's one of my ideal listeners, man. Like one of our biggest fans has never even played a role playing game in his life, never read any fantasy ever, and just loves the show. So thank you for that. Also, I don't know. I don't I don't think you can give the players what they want whenever they want it. I don't think that's good. And if the players are only sitting around your table because you will give them whatever they want, whenever they want it, I just don't know if that's sustainable. And I don't know if that's what Barney was exactly saying in his amazing and thorough analysis that he gave you, which was outstanding. Uh, and the fact that he listened to my show and then didn't, I can't wait to hear his take on mine, I've already reached out to him. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But anyway, that's not the point. I don't think he was saying give the players what they want whenever they want, but he was seemed like he was sort of hinting around at it. And like I said, I just don't think that that is sustainable. And I could, <laughs> I can totally see why your players got kind of pissed about the, his first point, you know? It could very easily have been taken wrongly. But like you said, I totally agree. It was not meant in the right way. But I, I could absolutely imagine my player's reaction to something like that, dude. Anyway, dude, I just wanted to say thank you again for 
putting up your actual plays. I think it's really important when people do that. And the fact that you're asking for feedback is phenomenal. But there's just something about being able to hear other people's GM style and see them in action, so to speak, instead of just, you know, talking theory and talking shop. Because a lot of times things change when they actually get to the table and dice are rolling and the energy is flowing. So I, 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 I think it's awesome that you did that, dude. I hope you continue to do it and I'll continue to listen. So anyway, Andy, until we talk again, peace out. So I've now switched to the um, exterior mic, i.e. my headphones. I'm walking snowy up the road. It is foggy. It is foggy. It's often foggy here up in the Oakland Hills. Um, But it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Um, The pine trees, the oak trees, the softened deadened sounds of the birds tweeting in the trees um yeah (laughs) it's lovely up here um so i really um so joe from hindsightless and wheel of woe i think he's one of the biggest hearted most generous people in our little community um, we should, I'm not handing out medals or anything, but, but he's, um, a truly, a truly beautiful human being. Is that, <laughs> I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. Um, um, and his encouragement and his just energy is so lovely to have. And even from the very first message he left me, he was like incredibly welcoming and and immediately empathised with me and understood me um, in some way and 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 I think I really appreciate him encouraging me to put the actual plays up because I was pretty tentative about it. One because I thought that it would be they would be bad, you know, <laughs> that they'd just be boring. And they might well be boring, and they probably are boring to a lot of people. But um, it's really made me quite, maybe very um, happy that, that at least some people have listened to them and and are enjoying them. And Joe's point about it important for us to not just theorise about what we do, but to actually show what we do, and we can learn so much more from that. And um, and Barney as well from Loco Ludus, who I had that very long interchange with, he's um, he's spoken about that as well. And and um, there's actually a message from him, and and then following that, a message from Shay referring to the messages between me and Barney. This is very much the snake eating its own tail, I think. Um, I talked about it. Oh, that's a big spider web. Um, I talked about it the other the other episode about, um, or, or maybe I left someone a message about the big circle jerk, uh, the big circle jerk of Osa and Christ. But which is which is just me being just me teasing, of course. Um, not that there's anything wrong with a nice big circle jerk if that's what you're into, but um, but also it's a little bit snake eating its own tail, um, feeding itself, but. 
that's also not a bad thing. Um, and as I've discovered from my recent experiences um, in the wider internet community, which of course I've been part of much longer, um, that is not such a friendly place, really. Um, this anchor community genuinely is a community, and 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 this is um, there's definitely something to be spoken about there. I, I'm not going to do it now, but maybe for someone else to speak about because I've only been part of it like not even two months kind of weird thinking that how it suddenly becomes this big thing in my life out of of nowhere really um but yeah it's 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 a it's a wonderful community and and I think the next two messages will will show that as well hey Andy it's Jay roleplay rescue just wanted to say I really enjoyed your back and forth with Barney from Lodo Loco Ludus is it um on you know your kind of approach to DMing off the back of those masks of Nihothotep um okay you can't even pronounce that um uh, actual plays yeah it was great to hear you discussing that back and forth and Barney's questions and your responses and uh, made me realize listening to it that um I'm kind of moving in your trajectory. I'm trying to, this year, trying to like, you know, actually learn how to run someone else's uh, adventures and campaigns. And I'm trying to do more of what you're doing. Um, And it's kind of weird that you're kind of maybe challenging yourself to come the other direction. Um, And I don't know, maybe we're going to end up meeting in the middle. Hey, (laughs) anyway, I just wanted to say, I really enjoyed that episode and your approach to to dealing with Barney's uh, comments as well. So, mature and thoughtful um appreciate it game on man hey andy it's che and i i just wanted to call in really i was listening to spike pit episode 232 i think it is um up the junction and um um, your call-ins about railroading were just for me spot on man i absolutely loved what you had to say and um i just want to call in to you and say i love what you had to say and thank you for saying it i really appreciate when you get uh thoughtful and sort of get on the on the mic and share something is always useful so just want to say thank you and um yeah i i kind of wonder mate if there's a, a discussion between us to be had uh maybe on the air um i don't know if you consider coming on my show but i kind of think it would be interesting for us to try and see if we can bridge uh what you said is not bridgeable um emergent versus plotted i guess Anyway, I just wanted to say a massive thank you and throw that idea out there. Game on, man. Now repeat after me. Nihilothotep. Nihilothotep. <laughs> uh, sorry, Jay. And sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> so, um, Jay and I are actually going to record an episode together, which is awesome. I, I um, again, more more evidence of the inclusiveness and welcomingness of this community, and the fact that we're just really interested in each other's ideas and are very happy to share them with each other and share the platform. and um, And I genuinely believe this is a new medium created by Anchor here because of the ability for us to leave messages for each other, voice messages, which become. Um, they become sewn into other people's content and thus it the fabric of this community just gets wider and wider and wider um, in this very organic, interesting way. So um, Che, um, talking about this, I suppose, these two camps and how these two camps may be very different to each other or maybe actually not that different to each other and, and the fact that 
that him and I seem to think that we we inhabit the polar extremes of those camps between on one side improvisation and on the other side highly planned um, um, narrative type of gaming and we are possibly drifting towards each other um, I left him a message or two today about Traveller because he's been ranked Traveller and I, I started running it as well last week ironically or, or coincidentally rather and it's it's really weird mixture of very complex rules for certain things but also leaving huge amounts open to you uh, as a GM to decide um, pretty much on the fly and to improvise on the fly and I got a little bit of anxiety about this, uh, especially what we're going to do next week when we play the second session, because it's pretty much a blank sheet of paper and I have no idea what's on it. Um, so I will be venturing into the unknown. Hopefully, I will manage to have my chat with Che before then, and he'll be able to give me some improv GMing therapy um, and possibly, possibly manage to explain to me the um, spaceship combat rules because that has literally broken my brain this is a message for gracious Andy Goodman it's Barney thanks ever so much for the episode I think we are now totally in the arena of debate which is really great and really exciting and you know, I don't see the two poles, if there are even two, as being sharply divided. It's, it's, it's just lots of rich pickings for everybody, I think. Um, and you've, you've, you know, you tease out so many new nuances, or throw some great stuff back. Um, I think it's really great, and I really, really look forward to further conversations about all of this absolutely hi andy in your last episode you mentioned mervyn peak in passing he's also been very influential to me and at the moment i am uh listening to gormenghast as an audiobook i was going to say re-listening but i haven't listened to it before rereading not rereading it so whatever that is with an audiobook revisiting Gormenghast as an audiobook um, and I'm as impressed as I was the last time I read it what if we used Gormenghast Mervyn Peak as some kind of backdrop for our discussion I don't know if that would work but that would sound like fun to me see ya and um Following up on that, uh, a couple of slightly older messages left for me by Barney, and I was waiting for the opportunity to put them in. Barney, who runs the impeccable Loco Ludus podcast, which is something that I wish I could aspire to, but probably won't ever, because the way that he actually engages with games mechanics and rules and systems breaks them down, takes them apart, and puts them back together again. That's a level of thinking that, that I don't think I ever really engage in. Um, I think uh, I think I take the rules as much as I can and I 
remember them as much as I can and then I run whatever the hell occurs to me and roll some dice um, like I think a lot of a lot of uh, GMs um, whereas it seems to me that Barney is someone that not only he's gone to a sort of another level um, the great chef Farron Adria just on total tangent he identified four levels of cooking and um, the first level of cooking is you learn a recipe the second level is that you learn how to adapt a recipe the third level is that you invent your own recipes and that's pretty much where most people stop but he i think is a little bit self-aggrandizing but nevertheless this is true of him he got to the fourth level and what we call the fourth level is is when you start to invent language i.e you're creating entirely new concepts in cooking that never existed before and he did this with spherification and um, all these kind of weird new techniques like cooking at low temperature in in sealed vacuum bags, sous vide cooking and all these kind of things that that he pretty much brought to the world um, and have then been, you know, hugely influential. Now, where is Barney on that spectrum and where am I? I am probably somewhere between one and two. And I'm pretty sure that Barney's up there at around three and possibly even venturing into four. Possibly he is creating new language. Maybe he would modestly say that he's not. Um, But where am I going with this? I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's a good metaphor. I I often use it in reference to to design, uh, to the design world that I live in, um, that that really... um, you have to go through the same kind of steps to become a good designer, but to become a legendary designer, you have to invent new language. You have to invent new ideas that have not existed before. Um, and and I think in gaming, it's kind of the same. You learn the rule set, and that's fine. You know, just playing by the rule set is fine. You can have an amazing game there. But really, the urge to to modify is is almost immediate because some things just either will be um glossed over or not of interest to you or too complicated or just not have any relevance to the game you want to run so you kind of drop stuff and maybe you simplify stuff and you add other things in um and and then you know to actually create your own rules system now that's a whole other level and that's probably the level of mastery that that some people on this community uh, strive for and and achieve. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Barney, we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna have that conversation. We're gonna explore that middle ground. It's it's really interesting how a lot of us are converging on this same topic. I don't think I provoked it. I was just responding to other people, and it seemed to resonate. And um, and I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it's gonna be interesting for me. Very useful for me, I think, to talk to people who engage with the game in a much deeper way than I really do. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, Barney, I can't wait, mate. I can't wait. So I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it again, about the controversy, (laughs) my (laughs) self-generated controversy. You know, because if there's nothing exciting in your life, happening at a particular moment you know why not just throw a grenade into a room and see what happens and run away (laughs) and see what happens which is kind of what I did um so yeah I did actually get one more phone in about the 5e hate 
and all that stuff. Um, very, um, very analytical, analytical phone in, very thoughtful, very deep thinking. Um, I'll, I'll just play it, see what you think, mate. Hey, Andy, um, you know who this is, so no introductions, but um, I just wanted to call in like I missed an episode. I guess, because you obviously said something very naughty, and um, I didn't hear it, but I'm definitely, I'm hearing this episode with all the fallout, and wow, like, some people are a little, uh, they've got a lot to say, and I guess that's, that's okay, that's the American way, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play into that too, like, the American way, like, uh, I'm gonna exercise my rights to just never, I'm never gonna listen to your show again. Because, you know, I don't know what you said, but it was obviously something not bad or good, just something I would really have to think about. And honestly, I don't really like thinking. I'm more of a just sort of being kind of person, I guess. Uh... Yeah, kind of a less action or, uh, you know, just anything. Just the less anything, the better. So, anyway, um, oh my god, I'm stuck in traffic this morning and it's fucking killing me. I envy you and all your jet setting and going to the airports. Like, you complain about the airports, but god, I would, I would kill for an airport right now. I'm like on a four-hour commute to... I won't say where, but um, somewhere far away. Anyway, um, I hope this message finds you well. And um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what a five is that everyone's talking about. Uh, honestly, it sounds a little short. Like I'd prefer maybe a seventy or an eighty if I'm getting a little wild, but. Uh, you, you know, to each his own. Your your mileage uh, may vary. So, um, I will say, uh, your little musical interludes uh, that you're having. Uh, the final one. It sounded like someone just put that together in like five minutes. Like literally. Uh, like that was like the first take and they just like vomited that out and maybe they should go back to their day job because it was honestly just kind of it was hard to listen to but um yeah I just kind of felt like we could um get on these calls and test the limits of bad taste right um so yeah I'm not listening to your show anymore probably just drop out of the hobby completely go back to my original love uh which was just masturbating and just kind of own that you know really get to the top of my form and um i don't know if you can use any of this uh but you're kind of a weird fucker so i think you'll find a way anyway love you bitch and i think that pretty much ends the debate TJ Drennan, you are 
a frigging nutter. And I love you. And I think with that, you can just play out the show. When am I going to get the actual version of this? Hmm. Screaming, they'll never smell your body. Oh. 